0: Hi, and welcome to Moretta Surf's first ever podcast. Uh, my name's Matt Hockin. I'm the current director of coaching at Moretta Surf for the older boys. And I'm delighted to have with me today, special guest on the phone, Jack Collison. Hi, Jack. Hey, good evening. <laughs> well, thanks very much for having me on. It's
1: an it's a honor to be the first guest on the first podcast. So I'm
0: looking forward to it. Now, it's a pleasure to have you on, Jack. Um, now, let me tell people a bit about Jack. Um, Jack is currently the under-17s coach at Atlanta United, Uh, but obviously Jack's an ex-Premier League player and uh, he played for West Ham where he made 105 appearances. He's also had spells at Bournemouth, Wigan, uh, Peterborough and he's also played uh, for the national team, so he's played for Wales 15 times. Jack has also been a uh, regular pundit on Sky Sports where he analyses games, so it's it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Jack.
1: Thanks for having me. Uh, hopefully, we'll be a good chat. Anyway, who knows? Someone might take something away from it. You
0: well, never know. that's gr- it. that's great. You know, we've got a lot of uh, young players at the club that uh, want to ask wanted to ask you questions. So, um, I'm going to start with a few questions where I know a lot of our younger players have been keen to to know the answers to. So, um, my first question is: um, How old were you when you first started playing, Jack? And what is your earliest soccer memory?
1: Yeah, really good question. Um, I mean, I've been playing from as young as sort of three four years old I was quite lucky where um, my dad was soccer mad so I used to be playing in the front room and down the park um, and then I joined my first team at six years old so ever ever since I can remember I've always been playing and I suppose my first real memories were probably going down the park with my dad sitting in the back of his bike and just having a kick around down there and picking up the basics and Suppose them them early days where I really fell in love with the game and that love I can, uh, I'm really pleased to say, it's sort of still there and still burning brightly
0: now. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, do you think it's important to start at a young age? I know we we have at the club here a pre academy where we have kids as yeah. young as four and five years old starting to kick a ball around, and basically what we're trying to do is get them to fall in love with the game at a young age.
1: Yeah, that's that's incredible. I I, I think especially in them real early. Early years is, is where you really get your foundations and your base. So, obviously, the earlier the better. And I think there will always be, be the, the one or two who sort of find the game a little bit later and, and pick it up later. But I think for the young kids, it's, it's great for them just to be out there kicking the ball, getting the basics. And as you said, just, just trying to find that real love for the game. Because if you love the game, you're going to want to do it more. And obviously, you're going to, going to improve over time, aren't you? That's
0: great. Yeah, exactly. Um, another question I want to ask you is: um, What is your favourite memory from your youth soccer days, Jack? Is there a particular memory that stands out that you remember?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate. Um, I mean, I joined my first team at six, but then I joined my first professional team when I was uh, nine years old. I ended up going to Peter United. Obviously, where you've got fun memories as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but we, we were quite fortunate, we used to get to travel around Europe and go on tours. Um, probably for me the real highlight was uh, a tour to Finland. A really tough tournament, the Kokkola Cup. Yep. Lots of teams, obviously five, six days of qualifiers. We um, got through the semis and made it into the final and, and for me it was 1-1. Uh, and I ended up scoring the winner, the last minute winner uh, to win us the tournament. And I didn't score many with my head in it, was actually a header. So, uh, right. yeah, uh, and it's, it's funny, I, I can actually remember the, the, my youth games really vividly still now, a lot of them. Um, so it, it just shows how important them early days are, and obviously how important them days are playing with your friends. And and it just shows what, what some games can mean to you. So, for me, yeah, definitely winning a tournament in Finland at sort of 12, 13 years old.
0: That's great. I think I get I get to see that. Obviously, being over here like yourself in the US now, that there's lots of tournaments, lots of op- um, lots of opp- opportunities for the kids to to play in tournaments and uh, compete and win trophies, win medals. And I think that's a big thing when you're younger. these memories that you're gonna you know remember for a long time. Yeah, it's funny. You're,
1: um, I suppose you're probably in a similar situation now, but. I think those those real big moments, those real big games and that tournament where there's, there's really something on the line, it, it really means something and it's probably now when, when you finish your career and you end up looking back and you, you realise how firstly how much fun they were and yeah. obviously secondly the competitiveness and it obviously gives you some great memories, something you can look back on when you're a bit older.
0: Exactly, that's right. Um, just moving on Jack, um, so I just wanted to tell me about your first pro contract you signed.
1: Uh, yeah, um, an interesting one. I mean, I was at um, Peter as I said, and then um, Peter closed down their youth system, so I went to Cambridge. Um, Cambridge actually closed down their youth system, so I had quite a quite a lot of adversity to deal with in yeah. them early days. Um, but I actually joined West Ham at sixteen, um, which was a big jump. Those of you who don't know, Peter and Cambridge back in England are relatively small clubs. Um, whereas West Ham's probably known for having one of the best academies um, certainly 10-15 years ago in the world. Yeah. Um, so so for me to go to West Ham was obviously a great opportunity <laughs> um, and I remember signing my first contract when I was 17 so I still hadn't played in the first team but I mean all that hard work from sort of three, four years old uh, finally comes together and signing the first contract and I mean the money was terrible (laughs) (laughs) lots of incentives to go and play but just that feeling of actually putting pen to paper and and getting it signed getting it over the line it gave us real confidence and sort of belief that what I was working towards was the right plan and obviously the right way to go for me
0: Brilliant yeah that's great I mean um I was going to ask you, you already spoke about your parents going down to the park with them. Is, who has been your biggest influence, Jack, on your career so far? Were your parents a big influence in, in, in you growing up as a soccer yeah. player?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was very fortunate. I had very supportive parents. Um, as I said, my dad was was soccer mad. He used to take me down to watch Chelsea quite a lot. And sort of any spare time we had, we'd be down the park or. Kicking a ball around the front room, breaking stuff.
0: So <laughs> um, do, do you think that's a big, a big thing for kids to go and watch live soccer games or watch games on the TV? Is that a big thing?
1: Yeah. Well, I think now even more so. There's so much access to, to, to games, and obviously watching games, you, you pick up some really good stuff, and you get to watch some of the best players in the world, and an opportunity to, to analyse teams, to look at teams, to look at goals, techniques, tricks. I mean, it's fantastic for the youngsters yeah. now because they've got lots of great stuff to, to look to. And especially at this time at the moment, it's a real opportunity to maybe look at a trick you want to improve on and go exactly. and practice in your garden and and things like that. So um, I think the, the internet and obviously social media has played a massive part in sort of taking football forward and and helping it grow.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's great. Is there, is there anything, Jack, you would have done differently as a player, <laughs> as an ex-player, uh, knowing what you know now?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> I think so. I mean, I'm not a man of, of many regrets. Uh, I suppose for me, the biggest thing was, was injuries, which obviously um, yeah. made me finish early eventually. But maybe just listening to my body a little bit more um, in terms of maybe when I was injured. Maybe taking slightly longer to come back to ensure that I was in a, a right place to play. Yeah. Um, not always being in a massive rush i mean i was i was so eager to get back out on the pitch but obviously looking back now it's maybe sometimes i rushed back and, and did myself more damage than i probably should have done but it's, it's hard when you're a young kid and obviously you miss playing football so for me yeah. the, the big thing from that would be just trying to listen to your body try and be really honest with yourself and give yourself every opportunity to be out
0: there not just to be out there but to be able to perform to the best of your ability exactly no I agree 100% um, you know moving on obviously um, we've both been through a similar thing where we've moved from um, the UK and we've moved across to um, the USA now and um, after you are over there with your family at Atlanta how's it going over there oh, it's great um, no I, I love it and the family love it it's, uh,
1: it's amazing for for me obviously seeing yourself do it me to take the big step and make the move. It, it sort of uh, sort of inspired me, I suppose, Hawks, seeing yeah. you do it and enjoy it so much. It yeah. it really sort of made me take a step back and think. And I mean, Atlanta gave me an opportunity to come, and
0: That's great. I think yeah. to
1: me it was a it was a big decision to leave West Ham because obviously a club I'd been at as a player and as a coach. I mean, all in all, I'd been there 11 years through various yeah. stages of my life. But, um, but seeing what was going on out here in America, seeing the way the game's growing. Uh, and I suppose the big thing for me was to be able to be part of a project, like an exciting project at London's a really exciting project where it's new, yeah. it's fresh. And for me to be able to come out and sort of try and make my mark, have a bit of input into that is, is what sort of drew me to it. And then
0: yeah.
1: I mean, we've been very, very thankful for the opportunity. And I must say, I've been pleasantly surprised since I've been out here, one by the standard, and two, really, by the passion of the fans. I mean, the, the fans absolutely love it out here. I, I can't believe um, like how much they get into it. You walk around in your Atlanta stuff, and people want to come and talk to you in the streets. And it's just a, a real good time, I think, to be part to of, be part uh, of it. You're the Soccer right. scene out in America.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've kind of answered a little bit the next question already, but uh, I'll put the two into one. Did do you did you find the transition easy from being a player into a coach? Um, and also, what's the biggest difference between coaching in the USA and coaching in England? Have you found that it's a big difference or is it pretty similar?
1: Ooh, good, good question. I, I suppose the first part, the, the transition part for me, wasn't easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were probably there to see it firsthand. Yeah. Like, it's so different from being a player and then the next day you, you chucked in front of 20 kids saying, right, come and impress me. And, yeah. I'm sure, watching some of them early sessions, you are probably laughing, saying, "What's he sort of going? What's going on here?" But I suppose, in anything, to, to get better, you need to practice, you need to improve, and you need to also step outside your comfort zone. And for me, sort of going one day from being a player to the next day being a coach was certainly stepping out of my comfort zone for me. And I mean, the first few weeks, especially, were very hard. But had some really good people around me. Obviously, the likes of Semps and... Kieran and Scarf, who were very supportive in the early days and yeah. sort of gave me time to to make my mistakes and, and slowly get better and slowly improve. And I sort of found probably within the first month or so, I slowly began to really love it. But uh, don't get me wrong, there's nothing that's going to sort of give you that match day buzz of, of walking out in front of sort of 50, 60,000 people and, and playing the game you love. Yeah but now now the dreams to actually go out there and, and be the leader from the front and sort of be the man putting the team up and working on a game plan all week and then seeing your team go out there and do that. So now now my inspiration is to try and be a first-team coach at the highest level possible. And obviously for me, starting at the very bottom and trying to work my way up and just get them hours in on the pitch. And I think the great thing about youth football is you can obviously afford to make your mistakes and... Um, Certainly coming over from England to America, I'd say the American kids are really eager to learn. Yeah. They, they want to get better, they want to improve and they certainly um are very competitive as well. Yeah. I think the the amount of competitions, as we mentioned earlier, is is fantastic for these kids. The opportunity to go and play where it really means something is is fantastic. I just think it's important for us as coaches to to obviously try and find that balance of development while still developing that competitive side and, and sort of trying to develop winners and, and people who want to fight for the right to get in the team, who want to yeah. fight for results, who really dig in when it gets tough. And yeah. I think for me, I've been really impressed with the mentality of the American kids so far and I'm really enjoying my time here and my role. That's great.
0: That's great. You know, I, I, I totally agree with you. I see, I see the same things over here in Southern California with the uh, players we have. Um, there's certain differences I see where, you know, when I take my kids to school in the morning, um, I know at a, an English school, you'll go to go to the school, take your kids to school and most kids are kicking a ball around or even a tennis ball or something around the field. And then sometimes when I take my kids yeah. to school here, there's a lot of basketball and obviously American football and uh, they play wall ball here and I don't see a lot of soccer in the playground. So I know it's getting there and I do see progress and uh, I think the love for the game is getting there. but. I do see certain differences between the two kind of countries at the minute in the kind of the, the, the culture
1: yeah oh 100% as I said for me in my journey from 3-4 years old I'm, I'm going to watch soccer games every week I'm down the pools I knew was we soccer yeah. whereas out here there's so much choice isn't there do yeah. you know what I mean yeah exactly but I think I think, I think what's required once, once the kids do get locked into it and they are they do find that sort of spark of I think they really chuck themselves into it, and certainly try and go 100 to yeah. to maximise their potential.
0: Without a doubt, without a doubt, Jack. Um, last few, <coughs> last few questions before I let you go. Um, who is your role model when when you was growing up, and, and why?
1: Yeah, real, real good one. I mean, I I was fortunate enough to go and watch Chelsea um, quite a bit, so I suppose they were my team. And obviously, when I joined West Ham. A uh, big part of me joining West Ham was because of the players that's come through. So, obviously, Frank Lampard for me, West Ham youngster, got into the first two moves to Chelsea. Yep. Plus, he played in my position. So, he was certainly someone I, I sort of really looked to. And I used to love the way he played, scoring 20 goals a season from midfields, not not easy to do. Yep. He was a bit of an all rounder. Um,
0: Would you say he's the best and, player you've um, played with, Jack, and uh, played or played against?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's really interesting, Hawks, because as a fan, obviously, the Chelsea game was the one that I really looked to. Yeah. So, obviously, to, to go up against him was, was massive for me, and I probably had one of my best games in a West Ham shirt against Chelsea, um, so that was great. But what, what I found about Lampard, he obviously was a fantastic player on the pitch, but he was a great person as well. He always, he always took time to talk to me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and obviously, he lost his mum whilst he was playing. Yeah. So I, I lost my dad as well at quite a young age and um, what really stood out for me was the fact he took time to text me and talk to me um, and just try and help me through that period which obviously he didn't have to do because he was at Chelsea, I was at West Ham. Um, <laughs> and that sort of really stood out for me Yeah. and even sort of later in life I went out to New York and got to see him train there and took time to come over and talk again and we're talking about a real sort of superstar, and he, he didn't really have to take time to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> for me, I really like the fact that he was humble and down to earth, and that's great. Sort of willing to pass on any advice to the youngsters.
0: Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's really good. Um, Jack, I'm going to just move on. Uh, to the last couple of questions. Um, I'm going to talk about when, obviously playing for Wales and playing for the national team. Um, Can you remember a lot about your first call-up? Can you remember about who it was against? And can you tell me about the experience?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, I was fortunate. I was part of a really successful um, under-21 team. We had the likes of Aaron Ramsey, Joe Allen, um, Gareth Bale. who just sort of moved on to the first team. Um, And there was a real talk and real buzz around this team at the time because we qualified top of a group that sort of contained France and some really top teams. Um, So it was a a summer trip, we had a double header against Iceland and Holland and John Soschak was the manager at the time and he called up sort of four or five of the youngsters. Um, So obviously I've gone to the squad and thought, yeah I might get a game, I'm I'm not sure, I might just be there for the training Um, and I actually started the first game against Iceland away which was just incredible, I mean to put the shirt on, to get that first senior cap. Um, And we won the game 1-0 and one of my good friends scored the winner, uh, Chet Evans, who was probably only 19 at the time as well. Um, And then for me, probably one of the most memorable games I ever played in was three days later. Uh, We went to Holland. um, Just incredible. We, We played them just before the Euros, so they were at full tilt and obviously preparing for the Euros. And yeah. Uh, got yeah. to play against Wesley Snyder, wow. who was uh <laughs> probably the probably the best player I ever played against. He uh gave me the absolute runaround for the entire game, scored a great goal, but to play Holland in their country with all the orange everywhere, yeah, forty fifty thousand people against a top top team at sort of the height of, of where they were going into the Euros is great and it's sort of uh, yeah, it was it. <laughs> It was chucked in at the deep end there as well. Here you go, welcome to international football. But there you go, yeah. What a great experience. Fantastic. And probably the biggest thing for me was was getting the chance to do it uh, alongside so many good friends and good players I'd sort of come up with through the under 21. So it was fantastic.
0: That's great. That's a wild, well, well, amazing experience, Jack.
1: Yeah, I managed to nick his shirt afterwards as well. Oh, that's great. So <laughs> <laughs> I've still got the Snyder shirt. It's in a, it's in a frame at home. So. Uh,
0: this is one. Let me put it up there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I've got la- the last few questions are from our players, so that's kind of me dealing with the questions oh, from me. So we've asked some of our players at the club to. Is there anything they want to ask you? And so I've got a um, one of our players, Mason Tracy, who plays for our O Five Pre Academy team here. He wanted to ask you, what are the best academies like, and what does it take to get there?
1: Oh, I think. <laughs> I think when you say the best you, you find that they're all sort of doing similar stuff and they all sort of preach the, the same stuff it's about it's about hard work it's about dedication yeah and it's about really committing to something yeah uh, and that's that's at home in terms of your training and your work great and your effort and all of that but i suppose the biggest advice i could give would try and find someone that sort of suits you yeah in terms of what you like as a player? Obviously, you want to be somewhere where you can talk to your coaches and get on with your coaches, and they're going to help you develop. And I think, obviously, if you've got that special talent, yeah, wherever you are, it's only a matter of time before it will come through and before you get to where you need to get. But you certainly want to be somewhere where you're enjoying your, your football and sort of exactly. get an opportunity to to flourish. You're not you're not treated like a <laughs> like a, what do you say, like a prisoner, do yeah. this, do that. You need somewhere where you can go and really express yourself and, express, and enjoy
0: it. And, yeah, and have that environment where you can go and not be afraid of making mistakes, I think, Jack, as well. Do you agree? Oh,
1: massively, 100%. That's, that's massive. And certainly as a youngster and even as a 1st team player, the, the managers I enjoy playing for were people who give you the opportunity to make mistakes. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that me and yourself probably look for now is the reaction after a mistake. Do they want to go and win the ball back or yeah. are they going to go hide in after they give it away? And I think the big thing is about us just creating confidence and giving them opportunity to go and play.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. Um, I've got another question, Jack, from uh, another, another player in the O5 Pre-Academy team called Matt Richardson. So, he wanted to know, how would you use pace effectively? How do players, how do top players use their pace effectively? <laughs>
1: Good question, Matt. I was fortunate (laughs) that I was probably the slowest player on the pitch every time I played. (laughs) Uh, But In terms of playing against pacing players, I suppose the big thing is uh, working on that first touch. You get your touch right, then then you've got an opportunity to really sort of utilise it and and be hard hard for defenders. Because if you've got that pace, great. But then it's about being able to really use it effectively. So running with a ball at pace, Being able to sometimes maybe have smaller touches to suck a defender in so you can knock it round him and get it the other side. And just being able to mix your game up. If you've got pace great, but you still need to be able to combine with other players around you. Still need to be able to use it to run off the ball as well as with the ball. So just really, really sort of looking deep into your strengths. Working out how the top players use it. Maybe Cristiano Ronaldo in his prime. Gareth Bale in his prime. These sort of players are really good players to maybe go on
0: YouTube and watch and yeah. obviously get out in your garden and practice and try and emulate these guys. That's great. That's, yeah, that's great advice. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good answer. i, I um, we had got a couple of questions, Jack, um, from players and it's similar kind of things. We've got a girl in our 07 uh, PDA team who's actually um, played for our boys. She's, she's actually played for our boys' USTA 07 team. Oh wow! She's had that opportunity. She's a talented player.
1: Amazing.
0: And uh, so, Cassie, uh, Cassie Drago wants to ask, ask you, uh, basically, speed versus being smart. So, we talk about technical ability and tactical awareness. Uh, but she's also asking, is it better to be um, have all that and speed, or is it is it better to have the kind of tactical awareness on the field and be smart? What kind of things do we look for?
1: Oh. That's a real good question. I, I think a, a bit of both. I, I suppose players kind of fall into either category. I mean, you look at the likes of Traore at, at Wolves at the moment and just bless with pace and yeah. absolutely ripping the league up. Um, but as I said, me personally, I was never very quick, so I had to make sure that I was better than some of the other players at being tactically aware, being able to to combine, to, to sort of play play quickly with the ball, to be able to manage it in tight areas. I suppose the biggest thing is maybe having that self awareness of, of your strengths. And I think a lot of people talk about improving your weaknesses. Yeah. But certainly certainly me now, I, I try and get our players to improve their strengths and turn it into a real super strength. So if you're quick, work out the best way to use it. If you're not very quick, can you handle the ball and deal with it in tight areas and Yep. I suppose it's just having that awareness and, yep. and sort of being clear of who you are as a player and yep. probably Not... working on them things even harder than you work on
0: your weaknesses. Yeah, I, I, you know, I sometimes say it to our players at the club here that we say that you've got to use your strengths. So if you've got pace, um, you've got to go out in the field and use it. If you're technically good on the ball and you've got a great range of passing, I say to the players, yeah, you've got to get on the ball and got to show that you're good at that and, uh, you know, yeah. know, know what your strengths are.
1: I think for us as coaches now as well, it's great to have a mix of everything, isn't it? We, yep. we want quick physical players, yep. we want uh, quick-thinking players, we want goal scorers. we want this. So it's great to have a little bit of everything in there. And whatever type of player you are, I think there's certainly room for you to, to find your niche within the team.
0: Yes, that's right, yeah. So, Jack, the last question from me, I'll just as we're talking. <laughs> as, an, as, a, as an ex-pro, obviously played at the very top, played internationally, played in the Premier League, and seen, seen, seen a lot of the, you know, lot of everything in the game. What, as an ex-pro, what would you say to a young player? What's the best advice you'd give to a young player that have got, has got aspirations of playing, hey, maybe at top college level or being a pro themselves? Is it, is it attitude? Is it attitude? Is it work? Is it getting through the adversity? What, what would you, what, what kind of advice would you give them?
1: Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest one I mean, is hard work beats talent. I mean, you've seen it, I'm sure. I've seen it. So many really talented young footballers who have, have got real technical ability, they can score goals, they're really good players, but if they haven't got the attitude, uh, I think eventually they get found out, whether that's at 12, whether it's at 17, or whether it's when they're further down the line in the first team. I think there's so many examples of, with talented players but they're not willing to put in the work and I think if you go with the attitude that there's always somewhere out there better than you, there's always going to be someone out there working harder than you, yeah. but now you really need to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so find that passion, you will have to make sacrifices at time. you will have to put in the hours on the training pitch, you might have to put in the hours in the garden but if it's a real passion and if it's a real desire to, to play at the top level that you possibly can whether that's at college whether it's professional yeah. you just need to be willing to
0: put in the work yeah that's great that's That's great Jack thank you well listen I'm not going to keep you for much longer I'm, I'm going to let you go uh, but we do really appreciate you being here on our Moor Surf podcast today and um, I'm sure a lot, of our, well, a lot of our players that listen to this are going to take a lot from what you've said today
1: no, I really appreciate that Hawks and obviously best of luck to you for the season once it gets going again and obviously best of luck to your young players they're in very good hands so <laughs> and, luck, I've, and I've
0: heard you might be at the Man City Cup later on um, this year hopefully all being well so uh, yeah. some of our players might yeah, see you there our, our, our youngsters are there so I'm
1: going to try and get on the trip if I can and try and come down and see
0: what's going on down at your place <laughs> that's great okay Jack we we'll, we'll, we'll thank you again and uh, We'll speak to you soon. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Alex.